This is Broadcast, Talking TV, recorded at Maple Street Studios. Hello, I'm Jake Cantor and welcome to Talking TV. The dust is finally settling around BBC Three, meaning we're dedicating a whole show to assessing the BBC's plans to turn its youth channel into an online-only brand. Joining me to discuss the corporation's biggest decision in a decade is an esteemed panel of guests, and in true Question Time style, we will focus our debate around a handful of key issues. So, without further ado, let's crack on with the show. Allow me to introduce you to our bounty of guests here at Maple Street Studios. First up, we have Carl Warner, former BBC Entertainment Commissioner, now Managing Director of Sony-backed Indie Electric Ray. How's life in the indie sector? Fun. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun. It's hard work. Um, but no, it's fun. Um, it was hard work before, but it's hard, it is hard work. But no, we're enjoying it. Uh, we're sort of currently building up a slate of ideas that we're pitching to all the broadcasters. Good. Uh, alongside him is Dan Baldwin, uh, who has also recently struck out on his own to establish Hungry Bear Media with Dragon's Den star Peter Jones. Thanks for coming back on, Dan. Pleasure. You're fresh from Celebrity Juice. Yeah, we recorded Celebrity Juice last night. It's pretty highbrow stuff. If you want to see Kean Egan <laughs> shove a Westlife CD between his butt cheeks and walk across the studio, tune in. And is it all good away from Talkback? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we've just done a pilot for E4 and that went well uh, with Kevin McHale from Glee. I've never really watched Glee. God, you hit the, hit the ground running. Yeah, he's the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. He's not in a wheelchair, really. He was, uh, yeah, he was very good. Uh, finally, we have award-winning filmmaker Rob Leach, uh, who was given his big break by BBC Three with My Brother the Islamist. You're working on a follow-up film as well, aren't you? Yeah, uh, just finished a, a very, very long offline, now into the online, so... When can we expect it to, to come on air? Hopefully uh, some point in April. Well, so, we yeah. look forward to that. And finally, last but not least, uh, we have broadcast editor Chris Curtis. Another busy week at Broadcast Towers. Very busy, keeping you in line, Jake, making sure you're behaving yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got, we've been covering BBC Three with lots of um, resource on that. And the uh, Indie Survey comes out next week where we um, sort of rank the uh, production sector by turnover. So I've got a million proofs to read back in the office after this. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Before we get stuck in, let's have a quick recap on where things stand. So pending BBC Trust approval, BBC Three will be removed from the airways in 18 months' time. The BBC says the plans will help prevent more widespread cuts to programming budgets, such as BBC One Drama, and help supercharge the iPlayer, which the corporation wants to instate as the front door to BBC services and content. Practically, it means BBC Three's projected content budget of £75 million will be more than halved and all of its programming will premiere online before being carried by BBC One and BBC Two. I thought we'd just start by getting your initial reactions to last week's news. Uh, Was it shock? Were you upset? Did it make you angry? Carl, do you want to start us off? I think like most people were shocked, not just at the decision, but the speed of the decision. Um, It happened very, very quickly. I think it felt for everyone... Not just on the outside of the BBC, but I think for a lot of people inside the BBC, uh, a very sad moment for BBC Three. I think there's kind of two things at play. One is the the platform move and one is the content sort of reduction. Trying to come to terms with it quite quickly. I think there's some logic and you can kind of see the direction of travel on the platform move and uh, the the iPlayer. We've seen a new iteration of the iPlayer this week. It looks quite interesting. It's sort of moving on quite quickly. The initial reaction that we got from speaking to a lot of producers, it was disappointment, anger... Um, uncertainty because the content budget is being cut by so much. Dan, you were straight on the Save BBC Three campaign, weren't you? Yeah, well, I think um, I would like to take it a step back 
And I think actually the thing that we should also be talking about or, or, we sh or should be looked at is the delivery of the message. I thought it was poor. There could have just been a bit of homework done and a strategy to, and it felt like, like Carl said, it moved very quickly, but there didn't seem to be any strategy to how to deliver that to, to, to soften the blow. Yeah. And I think so that, you just think it came out of the blow. The, I, the I just think it could have been delivered much better. And, you know, maybe there, there could have been a, a very pro iPlayer message that was that was rattled out before that delivery of, you know, BBC Three is going to go online, by the way. And I just felt that it didn't, f for some weird reason, it didn't feel like it was thought out properly. And maybe it wasn't. You know, maybe that to move so quickly. I, I, but I, I just I, I think, think it, it's. Um... I think everyone would agree it's a reactive decision rather than a proactive decision. This is a decision they might have made in five or six years' time, but they've been forced to make it. So I, I think that's part of the reason why it, it may feel like that. But I shouldn't I, they have planned? Like, don't you think? Yeah, like I, when you know they know they're in rocky waters. Yeah, so I, they, they know I, I that something's got to give. And I, I think the message it's sent out to younger audiences is that they're not as important, frankly. Yeah, you know, and and I think that is really really dangerous, not just for. Producers, are, are, you know, working with younger sort of talent and stuff, yeah. but for the long-term health of the BBC, uh, you know, to, to keep those young audiences engaged. Just sticking with you, Carl. You know, you're not long left the BBC, mm. and you worked quite heavily with BBC Three while you were there. Was there no indication during the, the, the time you were at the no, BBC? No, I mean, that I, I, I was on. Was coming. <clears throat> no, I mean, I was on some of the work streams prior to Danny, you know, for George, when, when he was director of television, looking at DQF. And at that time, Mark Thompson didn't want to shut a service. And, and on all the work streams that we were on, we were like, how are we going to save this money? Because it was a lot, a lot of money. And I, I think, you know, it took a long time for the BBC, not, not, I don't mean just a sort of top management people, but people, you know, working on programmes to realise just how much money it was going to take. I think, you know, everyone thought they were kind of through it and then realised again, actually, there's still a load of money to, to be sort of saved or, or needed to be saved. Yeah. Rob, do you want to talk us through your experience of BBC Three and how, how you felt about the news? Um, yeah, well, I was shocked like everyone else. BBC Three gave me my, my big break, as it were. That was my brother. My brother, the, the Islamist, Islamist, yeah. And I've always felt, ever since then, I've always felt very sort of at home with BBC Three. I kind of feel like um, a little bit homeless now. Yeah, <laughs> I think BBC Three has been made a casualty of this bigger political issue going on and, and, you know, renewals in 2016. And I think that uh, probably the BBC are thinking we're going into battle with the government again. Do we want to go into battle with BBC Four? where we can take it with us into that battle and say, look, if you keep cutting us, we're going to lose this as well. Yeah. And all the government watched that. If they went into battle with BBC Three, I think the government wouldn't care. If that is the case, that that's really sad. Well, that and, the, and, well, and I think that is Because, the I, you know, you look at... And again, when we were doing this work, um, as part of the project, you realise quite quickly that there are older parts of the audience that are overserved. You know, a BBC Three audience are underserved across the spectrum, not just in terms of age demographic, but in terms of diversity. Um, so I think that's yeah. a really worrying sort of decision, if that is the case. I think that, that is the, they are the yeah. casualty, and it's, it's short-sighted. It's, it's interesting that all the talk is of savings, and there absolutely are savings to be made because of the DQF cuts are still filtering through, as Carl says. There's all this money that the BBC has got to find from the licence fee to start paying for the world service. So it's, it's completely fair to say that the BBC's finances are under massive, massive pressure. But one of the things they've done 
is they've highlighted these two areas of the BBC that they think are super special and must be protected at all costs. One of them is the iPlayer, and you can kind of see going forward, there's a sort of inevitability, a logic of the digital movement that we're all sort of making. You can kind of see logic there. And the other one they highlighted was BBC One Drama, which is the single best-funded genre on British television. (laughs) And the idea that BBC One Drama... The budget there needs to be propped up by taking half the money out of content from BBC Three. To me, seems they were sticking the knife in, weren't they? With that, you know, I I think I think that you know that is about them recognising that. I mean, BBC Drama is well funded, but it's also, I think, probably the biggest driver of audience approval ratings. You know, reach all all of that. So it, it sort of punches for its weight, but. It doesn't seem like it was a poor kind of poorly funded genre. It was on its knees, 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 and 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 needed propping up. Then it gets presented as we had to chop BBC Three in half, or else Sherlock would have suffered. Mm. And that's kind of you know it's kind of perverse because there's no way Sherlock would have suffered. It's the absolute crown jewels of the BBC. I appreciate what Carl says. Salami slicing had 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 gone on and on and on, and they probably got to the point where they needed to find something to go. Yeah, but but to choose BBC Three is a dangerous choice. I agree. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Dan, you. I mean, you seem pretty grumpy about this would you would you have been in favor of this move if bbc 3s budget had stayed the same they're committed to the same level of funding for its service online i think you know undoubtedly i watch more television online now <laughs> but i think that you know there's a lot of 16 like i've got a 15 year old godson who watches a lot of television with his mum and he does that when he's watching bbc 3 and he's not going to go online and do that and I think so all of a sudden, yes, young people are going to hugely suffer, but also family viewing is going to suffer as well for a lot of people. And that's really sad. But obviously, people are watching more television online. It's still not a great deal. You know, I think 90% or 95% of all TV was watched on TV last yeah. year. Well, we'll move on to that point in a bit more detail in a second. But just before we do, Rob, I was just hoping you might be able to give us a, a sort of flavour of how important BBC Three is to new talent, not just on screen, but like yourself, behind the camera. Yeah, I mean, everyone sort of... I've heard a lot of people talking about how important BBC Studio has been for kind of new comedy and all of that kind of side of things, which... Which it is, undoubtedly. But I suppose as a filmmaker, as a, you know, someone who makes documentaries, one thing I haven't heard anyone talk about is how important it is for kind of up-and-coming filmmakers. You know, The Fresh Scheme, for example. Um, Tell us about that. Well, The Fresh Scheme was what gave me my big break. I'd, <laughs> actually, I'd, I'd just dropped out of my second year of university and I was a tree surgeon, so I was kind of swinging around in trees with a chainsaw and sort of making, trying to make films on the side. And obviously this kind of incredible story sort of happened in my life and I decided to make a film about it. I made a taster, I sent it into the BBC to uh, Charlotte. And, Charlotte uh, Moore. Charlotte Moore, yeah. Within a couple of weeks she, she said, you know, come and, come and pitch it for, for the fresh slot. Yeah. Um, and do you feel you would have had that opportunity anywhere else? No, not for a 60 minute film for BBC it's unheard of isn't it I mean going from totally and that that spreads to all sorts of genres as well you know what what the BBC will be saying is well of course we'll still be doing that you know and and BBC 3 is still open for for those sort of opportunities but I suspect what will happen is that the strategy will change it's not the same and I think the strategy will will have to change so even when you're in that broadcast space you know when you've got a tv channel uh, mm. on BBC, it's really hard to get noticed you have to compete so hard to get noticed 
So I imagine when you go online, it's going to be even harder, yeah. which will change the strategy. You'll, you'll hear people say, fewer, bigger, better. You'll go down the sort of probably... You'll probably go down the sort of Netflix, <laughs> Kevin Spacey model, having to get the biggest talent to make the biggest noise to get people to those shows. So I think it'll be really, really tough for, for filmmakers yeah. like Rob. That is the thing that I think is, is really worrying. It inevitably, it will change the commissioning strategy and the way we make those programmes, um, which will leave very little opportunity for filmmakers like Rob. Yeah. And I think BBC Three will suffer as well because... <laughs> As a filmmaker, I want my film to be on TV. I don't want it to be on online. I mean, I can go out and make shorts for for, for Vice or whatever, do you know what I mean? But that's not what I want to do. I want to make films for TV. Okay, let's move on to the second part of our discussion where we'll examine if audiences are ready for BBC's online transition. BBC Director of Television, Danny Cohen, thinks it's too early. Do you agree, Carl? Yeah, I think it is too early. As I said, I, I think this is a reactive decision rather than a proactive one. I think in five, six years' time, they may have wanted to, to, to do this and it would have felt like a really innovative move but it, it, it's quite premature. I mean the, the thing I wanted to also say is if, if this decision represents the fact that BBC Three audiences are already moving online and so kind of what's the problem they're already going that way then why, why aren't we talking about children's you know because I think you know a lot of children's TV now is watched online because parents are forced to you know because of the way they sort of behave you know at home and with kids etc you, you see huge numbers of, of children's TV being watched online why aren't they doing that and I think that's a political issue you know to, to try and move children's TV online would be a huge uproar but for BBC Three audiences um, there aren't quite as many people that fight their, their cause So you think CBBS and CBBC would be better suited to this? Well, I, I'd, I'd imagine. I'd imagine it's probably the financial benefits of all the ancillary and merchandise from children's programming. If it went online, then the platform wouldn't be so great. And I imagine it, it's a financial thing because if you think yeah, about yeah. the money that the BBC must get from all sorts of but, kids' but, programming, but if you, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, related to that, then you know, to sort of commercial impact of, of this decision to move you know online I think there'll be less risk taking in terms of unscripted which has driven huge revenue for, for the BBC you know if yeah. you think of, or, and for the indie sector if you think about shows like World Strictest Parents you know sales around the world yeah, yeah. Will, will there be a space for those types of formats will there be as much risk taking uh, with those types of shows yeah. In terms of the, the shop window of BBC Three offers for, yeah. for producers if they're trying to sell their format Absolutely. abroad. It's a, it's a brilliant platform for IP creation and, it, and it's embraced risk-taking in that space, which has benefited not just the indie sector but the BBC in-house teams as well. And if, say, it moves more towards scripted or, or and is less uh, of a sort of risk-taking um, body, then, then I think that will, will have a big impact commercially. Dan, you touched on this earlier. Do you think there's a danger of losing those sort of water cooler moments that TV can provide? Definitely. I think, you know, I'm an old romantic. I like the shared experience of television. I like sitting there with all the family and watching stuff. And I don't like people watching different things on their tablets and, and on iPlayer or online. I think that I really miss the TV shared experience and you're going to lose that in a lot of families up and down the country that watch Don't Tell the Bride together. You know, and they they do that. And it's not just about kids wanting to watch shows about graffiti on their own with their mates. It is about families as well. Yeah, Chris, do you think there's any brands that will translate well online of the BBC Three's existing shows? If I made Russell Howard's Good News or I made um, Sun Sea and Suspicious Parents or I made Don't Tell the Bride or whatever, I'd be sat around now thinking... I'm is... rich. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done very well for myself. <laughs> well, well done. Well done. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm busy editing broadcast at the moment. But, um, no, I'd be thinking, you know, are they right? Can you, can you see a way of transferring them a different format that might 
sustain their um, life online. That's not to say they'll they'll be dropped. I mean, the the, the Beeb's at pains to point out now that they are still going to be commissioning long form content. You know, the BBC's point of view is, well, look, every piece of long form content that we commission for BBC Three will get a broadcast window on BBC One and BBC Two. Now, we'll have to see how that works. I think the biggest challenge, and it, the guys here have touched upon it, is helping audiences discover this content. Because if you've got these these great shows, whether it's scripted or unscripted, if they're not easily discoverable, if you can't find them, and if you take them out of a linear schedule, that's a problem, then they just won't cut through in the same way. Carl, what, is there any shows that stick out to you that I think... Well, so there were shows yeah. already... Have premiered really successfully online. Shows like Bad Education did brilliantly, but they were also marketed on the channel before that, so you knew they were coming. So they had a channel to sort of tell the audience about them coming. You start to think about what will be the metrics of success for a BBC Three show, you know, in an online space. I think that'll be quite difficult to decide, and will be quite an uncertain period for the channel in terms of sort of justifying itself because it won't have many others to sort of compare itself against, and it throws up questions about marketing so I think some shows will of course do well online but it will be really hard as yeah. saying. I, thought, I, mean, the, I think also with the, with the BBC you know there's young filmmakers like Rob who won't you know necessarily go there if it's online and it won't be their first port of call and also I think that there's you know I grew up working at the BBC long before Carl was there and it was the place to work in television. You used to really want to and aspire to go and work there. And I think young people, if they're going to be cut off slightly now, and they won't want to work there. So the BBC are going to suffer not only in you know what's on screen, but off screen talent as well. I think there's going to be people that, you know, is this just a dismantling of the BBC bit by bit? Because it feels as though throughout the years now, it's getting a real kick in the BBC. And I feel sorry for the BBC and I wish it was supported more by the government. But I just feel that, you know, with BBC Three going online, it will be on-screen and off-screen talent that will suffer. Chris, the start of the unravelling? I think everyone hopes not. What I would say is that the BBC's rallying call now is going to be to producers, this is a, a landmark moment, for over the next 18 months, put your thinking caps on and come up with ideas that, that can cut through online or that are better suited to the online world. So they'll probably be looking for ideas with a bit more interactivity, maybe. But, or... but the thing is, Chris, we've always been asked these questions. You know, as, as producers, we're always asked, think about online. There was a period of time when all they said was 360. Mm-hmm. It's got to work online. You've got to make stuff work online because that's the future. You've got to have big ideas. You know, Carl touched on it earlier. It's got to be bigger, bolder, noisier. We mm-hmm. hear it all the time. The thing, but, the thing is, when and when when oh, it's going to be hard, right? It's going to be really hard, and because it's come probably too soon, as Danny recognises, it means those shows aren't going to do probably as well. And then it's going to make the argument to retain BBC Three even harder. So you, I think there is a danger. It will be a slow erosion of what we know now as BBC Three. Because even when you go, those those shows may transfer to BBC One or BBC Two. They're not aimed at those audiences. They probably won't do that well. You know, the the channel made a conscious decision to skew much younger a few years ago, which is why it's not as many shows are translated as successfully, because they're targeting a much younger audience. And when that doesn't happen, they'll go, oh, well, none of these shows are working, they're producing on BBC Three Online, we should just scrap the old bloody idea. I mean, it, it, there, there has been evidence that BBC Three can have success online. I think Bad Education was the fourth biggest show on iPlayer last year, which is pretty impressive given the competition from BBC One and and BBC Two shows. So um, do you think comedy will spearhead this 
Carl to a certain extent? I, I, I think so, particularly if, if, if it had big name talent like Jack Whitehall attached. Um, question is, will, will you attract big name talent, exactly. you know, if you're only online? Dan, um, what do you make of that point? Yeah, I agree. You yeah. know, big name talent if they if they know that their show is going to go online and it's not going to go. Would you pitch an idea with Keith Lemon for BBC Three? I mean, I, I know it's theoretical, but the thing is, I would always pitch to BBC Three because I really like Zion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he deserves all the best ideas he can get. All right, perhaps a better example is Russell Kane. He's been very vocal about this, and you've worked with him on Britain Unzipped and and other BBC Three shows. Of course, Do we're you... going to carry on pitching for, to BBC yeah. Three. Of course, yeah. we are. But I think the big question is, our producer's going to be thinking ITV2, E4 first, and then BBC3, whereas previously that wasn't the case. So they may go down in the pecking order slightly, and that is uh, that is a worry for the BBC. Because, you know, frankly, like BBC, the BBC is a brilliant shop window for, for your wear. You know, so people like Russell Howard or Jack Whitehall, you know, if they're going to do their best work and they want it to reach the biggest audiences that will feed tours and DVDs and all the rest of it and their agents will want them to do that as well so if, if you've got a smaller window to show your work then that's going to be tough to persuade them to do it Chris do you want to come in? Yeah we, we did see a little glimpse of something um, the, the BBC showed at uh, the start of this week a whole load of iPlayer original shorts or some clips from the iPlayer original shorts which are kind of six, seven minutes of course this is the first iteration and who knows how successful they'll be and can you keep it going but they had they had Reese Shearsmith, they had Frankie Boyle and Bob Mortimer, Mira Sayal, I think, is doing one. These things were going to be pushed front and centre on the, on, the, on the iPlayer. So you can kind of see the efforts that the, the BBC is, is going to make. The question, I think, you know, the guys here have put it very well, that you do end up with a sense that if you're not broadcasting, if you're not going into people's homes, if you're not on a linear schedule... Can you really attract the the biggest names? But that's the challenge, and that's the you know there are smart people at the BBC, and that there is still the the high regard that Dan talks about that BBC Three and the whole corporations held in. So that's their challenge, making that work. So let's move on to our final thought, and we'll we'll sort of look forward a bit and assess how the BBC can make a success of an online only BBC Three. I mean, Rob, do you have any thoughts on? Yeah, how the BBC can make this work. Yeah, they should, Big put, question. They should put more money into BBC Three. We should put it back on TV yeah. and then it'll be a success. Other than that, no, I don't. Uh, Dan? I just worry for the BBC. And, and, you know, I think when you look at the BBC going forward, moving BBC Three online, and if you look at, you know, we were, the, Carl touched on, they, they decided to skew BBC Three younger. Now, they've done that with Radio One as well. And I feel like Radio 1, for me, feels like a radio station that is so desperately trying to be young and cool, but isn't. And I feel like the BBC, by doing this to BBC Three, it's almost like the whole corporation, it's easy to say, you know, is just full of fat, old, white, middle-class men, but that's what it feels like it's moving towards. And that's a really worrying and disappointing place for the BBC to be at. And, and that's a very easy statement to say, but I think that, it may actually be happening, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, I, I sort of have mixed feelings about all of this. <laughs> I mean, I think it's worth remembering that, you know, no one who, who made the decision would have made it gladly. Like, uh, you know, particularly someone like Danny, who is a controller of BC3, loves it, yeah. you know, probably more than anyone else. Well, D- Danny um, tells us in this week's broadcast that it was the yeah, toughest so decision like, of his ab- career. Absolutely. So, uh, and I think sometimes this debate ends up being about we end up bashing the BBC as well. And, and, no, and actually it feels think, like the I folks are the wrong... I don't think that there is... I think that what there is, there is disappointment at seeing the BBC have to do this. Absolutely. And because you, we know that they wouldn't do it if they didn't have to, and they have to. Mm. Uh, I think that you've pointed out yourself, there were other choices to mm. be made. You mm. know, you brought up kids' television. Why hasn't that been made? Mm. Why, why BBC Three and not BBC Four? 
why do they need to and they still need to cut costs BBC4 will probably go as well it's probably just a staggering mm. right so BBC4 will go but then why only cut half of it and put it into drama those decisions I think is where yeah. the BBC get might get a kick in but we all want a successful BBC because we've all got vested interests in it, but also because it's a great institution. And, and even when BBC left you know, its building and had to sell it off and move out, that was a horrible time. And you thought, this can't get much worse for the BBC. Would you, would you have preferred unilateral cuts to programming budgets? I don't, think you, can, I don't think you can salami slice. I think something has to... But I, I feel like the message was rushed and it didn't feel thought out, and so you're getting a bigger backlash because of that. And should young people be the be the the, the demographic that suffers? I don't know. You know, I, I'm not up there. I'm not. I'm not part of that it's political machine. Because it? it feels like you know we're living in a time where young people keep getting a kick in, whether it's you know on the housing market or, or in employment or now in the services. You know um, that we're providing them from the BBC's point of view. And there does seem something quite perverse about the idea of young licence fee payers now subsidising older Absolutely. you know, members of the audience's content. Yeah. If you were at BBC now, Carl, yes. what, how would you be thinking about this? How would you be, how would you be assessing the challenge and, 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 and feeling you can make a oh, success of it? welcome the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'd say, wouldn't you? Oh, we're excited about this new opportunity to uh, be online. I, I, think, I think I'd feel, as I've sort of said, you know, you sort of concerned and I think everyone there will feel concerned I, I think the strategy will have to be rethought could you do as many unscripted series uh, could you do as many interesting one-off documentaries uh, that, that Rob's done I, I think you probably would end up moving more towards a fewer bigger better strategy and uh, trying to attach the biggest name talent you that's can exactly, that's, exactly, that's exactly what they're going to do the only thing you can do I think is you've got to get some big talent signed up and you've got to really push their stuff, their shows are going online first and only online and maybe it'll get an outing on BBC Two. But I think you've got to sign up some big talent. That is on-screen and off-screen talent and you've got to get some some real headline-grabbing quality shows as those first shows to But I do think as well, like, you could, we can... If the decision is absolutely, you know, signed up by the trust and it goes through, I think if I was still there, you can sort of spend a lot of time just kind of moaning it and and you've got to get on with it. And actually, you know, it's still a pretty well-funded uh, organisation. You know, BBC3 will be, still be pretty well-funded. You know, will be the envy of lots of other broadcasters or channels. So so I, I, I still think there is lots of opportunity and you have to kind of look forward and just crack on with that rather than kind of moaning and yeah. feeling sorry for yourselves. How will you be thinking about it as a producer now? Well, like, like, you know, we were talking about this sort of, you know, if it's, it is about more, fewer, bigger, better, it's trying to make your shows even noisier, trying to find titles that grab people's attention even more. That's what spawned originally all those kind of F off, I'm yeah. dot, dot, dot. I'm uh, yeah, yeah, because, um, <laughs> because they were trying to get noticed because they were in a space that was harder to find. Yeah. Chris? That Netflix style is. Are we going to see a whole series dumped at once on on viewers? Oh, I mean that will be interesting to see how they schedule things. Whether they at the moment BBC Three does about ten comedy series a year. So will they drop them in one a month all the way through the year? And when when they release shows, will they um, make all the episodes available at one at one time? You know, those are kind of quite interesting questions. I think Carl's right. I think at the moment we're in the morning period, and you kind of sense that at the BBC as well. It's a disappointing decision. No one's cheering about it. Everyone's down about it. 
two or three weeks from now, the question will be, because look, I'll be amazed if the BBC Trust doesn't pass this, no matter how many names are on the petition, it's going to happen. I'll put my name on it though. Uh, That may sway them. My my name's on it as well. (laughs) Let's hope they they don't block it, because otherwise this podcast is pointless. (laughs) (laughs) We've wasted our time, frankly. Okay, well look, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. Your, your names are on the petition. What's your one message for the BBC Trust? I think they're making a huge mistake. The BBC Three demographic are they're the people of tomorrow. You know, they're they're the future, and I think you should invest in the future. They're the future licensee pairs. And yeah, you should invest in the future. Dan, I think they've got to put out going forward some really positive messages about BBC Three online going onto iPlayer. That the trust just can't forget about their young audience. And they've got to really try hard not to. And I think that that's what they've got to look at. Yeah, I wouldn't have a message for the Trust. I'd have a message for the best and most able people at the BBC, which is this should be priority number one at the moment in the corporation, making sure that young licence fee payers are super served with with content. So, I mean, I'd be thinking about should the 30 million quid that's been handed to BBC One Drama, should that be ring-fenced for young skewing drama? to make sure that it's spent on things that are going to appeal to a BBC Three audience and not on Last Tango and Halifax. Um, <laughs> what are you saying, Chris? I'm, I'm saying that, that skews slightly odd. Look, that's a great show. I'm not trying to knock, I'm not trying to knock that show. But no, I think yeah, if you're yeah. taking money away from one audience, yeah, it needs to be it needs to be protected. And I would say get everyone in the BBC, not BBC Three staff, I mean everyone across Factual, across Entertainment and the other channel controllers and be saying to them, look... You need to think about a younger audience and what is your contribution going to be to helping BBC Three. Carl, your final thoughts? Very simply, to not give up on young audiences. Um, it's uh, crucial to the long-term health of the BBC, but also the kind of social fabric of society. I grew up watching BBC Three and children's BBC and, and uh, it helped inform my opinions, my sense of identity, and now I have a really strong affiliation uh, to the BBC and I think you know, in 10, 20, 30 years' time, we're going to have any similar conversations. Will there be as many people defending it um, if, if we've cut off that, that connection with young audiences? OK, we'll leave it there for this episode. It's been a fascinating and hopefully constructive debate. Uh, my thanks to all of our guests, Carl Warner, Dan Baldwin, Rob Leach and Chris Curtis. You can add your thoughts to the conversation on broadcastnow.co.uk. Uh, we'll be back with a special edition of Talking TV next week when we'll be joined by the boys from Channel 4's The Last Leg. Uh, so please join us then. I've been Jake Cantor. The producer was Matt Hill. And until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to Broadcast, Talking TV, recorded at Maple Street Studios. 